0: Hey, ringers, welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast, where we're all about sharing helpful and practical tips for anybody and everybody that's planning a wedding. Hey, I'm Dan Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography.
1: And I'm Daniel Pasternak of DPNAC Events. What are we talking about today, Dan?
0: Today, we're talking about the biggest things that impact your budget. Okay, D. So I didn't say D. Bizzle this time. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> um, there's, I feel like whenever, like whenever you look up wedding planning or like how do I plan a wedding or top wedding planning questions, the first thing you get is budget. There's always something about budget in there, and I feel like there's a million ways to approach this, but. There's so many things that impact it, but I feel like there's a couple of like heavy hitters that we could really talk about from like the the very first couple of steps that are the biggest impacts on, on like, or the biggest things that impact what your budget will be or the biggest things that take away from it, if that makes sense. So just starting from like the very beginning, um, let's look at like, you know, what a budget is, how you break it down and that kind of thing to start from there.
1: Oh, just that simple question, what a budget is and how to to break break it down? down. Right. Well, I mean, anything, any big project that you're taking on, there's going to be a set amount of money that you have to spend on that project. Now, it might be that you have it exactly figured out down to the last penny, or it's kind of a range that you're comfortable spending between like this and this. And hopefully it's more on the lower side because obviously you don't want to spend more than you actually have or need to. So, Overall, with weddings, when you go into planning a wedding, it works the same. You might not know that you have exactly this amount of money that you have to spend, but you might say, we know that we're comfortable spending between maybe this range and this range, whether that's because you're um, fully financing the entire wedding yourself or if you have other financial contributors like parents or family members or whoever that are adding to the overall budget. So when it comes to breaking down the budget, that's, I feel like, a far harder question to answer, but it basically goes back to, in the most simplest form, figuring out what it is you need in order to have a successful event and allocating your budget accordingly, aligning it with your priorities as a couple in terms of what you want this event to be.
0: Okay. So we're not going to break it down because I feel like that can just get really way into the weeds. Right. But it's like, uh, there's got to be a place where you start where it's like, okay, our wedding is going to be $30,000, right? right. W- w- well, where does that come from? Um, is it is it that you have to look at the average cost of the wedding in your area? Is it that you have to look at mm. your finances? Uh, it, do you have to just start out with a conversation with, like, the important peoples and be like, how much money are you giving us? Or if you're not giving anything, like, <gasps> where do you start?
1: Right. I think... And this is just my opinion. I think too many couples start by saying, "Where do we want to have our wedding and how many guests do we want to have our wedding?" And, "Ooh, now what is that going to cost?" And I think for some, that approach is possible. You have more funds that you're working with and you're maybe just pulling a small percentage of 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 money to have this wedding. But I think for other couples, you're scraping and and really pulling all the money you can together to have this event. So, If you are of the latter category, I would say you would actually want to start with saying, how much money do we have that we want to invest into this day? And maybe it's that we have a whole lot more, but this is the money that we want to spend on this day. So whatever that number is, I think you need to start there because so many decisions that you make right off the bat have a very massive impact when it mm. comes to that budget. I think probably one of the biggest ones being your guest list. Mm. If we were um, more on the clickbait side of things, I feel like we should have like saved this one for last, but we're not. So we're just going to – let's like leave with this idea, right? If you're looking at the money that you have to spend, the more guests that you have to host for this wedding, the more dollars that you need <laughs> – <laughs> to, to to accommodate all of that. Right. So if you have, let's just say you have $50,000, what you can do with $50,000 for 50 people is different than what you can do with it for 250 people. Just right. because every person has needs and not to say wants, but everybody has needs for that event. We go back to the four pillars where you need to feed them, give them something to drink, give them entertainment and provide comfort. Well, food, you know, going out to eat at a restaurant, if you have two people, it's different than if you have 10 people, that bill at the end right. of the day. The same thing as if you have to have seating and tables for, for all these more people. So I cannot stress enough how much the guest list affects the overall <laughs> budget when it comes down to it. And I think sometimes it's really easy to say, okay, let's start with guest list. How many people do we want to invite? 200 people, great. Okay, now how much money do we have? Oh, shoot well, we can't invite 200 people. We can't afford to host that many people. And then it's really sad versus if you say, okay, how much budget are we working with? Okay, we have this amount. Now, what does that mean in terms of how many guests we can actually host to the degree that we want to host this event? Serving hot dogs in the basement of the church where you're getting married at is going to have a different price tag than if you are doing a massive ballroom event with lobster and filet mignon at the ritz carlton those have two different price tags attached to it Hmm. just what it is
0: yeah like okay so guest list is the first the amount of people that you have but then there's then there's the pinterest trap that comes after it right (laughs) which is which is like okay i we figured out you know how much it's going to be but then it's like oh we we want our wedding to look like we want a twenty thousand dollar rose archway that we walk through underneath you know to going to the church or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's like it's like there's also the the style of the wedding or the vibe mm. of the wedding. Like like, you know, what are we talking about? I think it's just about being realistic, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I wish so badly that Pinterest had like prices attached to all the things that they That's show it, right. on there because I think it would it would it would bring everybody back down a little bit more. I think it's a great place to go for inspiration, but I don't think it's the best place to go for like realistic expectations. Right. Um Overall, I think one of the hardest things going into planning a wedding when you're trying to figure out budget is unless you've recently been in the wedding world, it's really tough to know or have a proper expectation of what things cost. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of talk on the back end between vendors of like educating clients and making sure that they understand the value of different things. but. Mm It's kind of like when you buy a house for the first time, you go, "Oh, that's how much a house costs." But then you're like going through the like buying process and being like, "I have to pay how much for an inspection and what are buyer's fees and seller's fees and <laughs> yeah. and all these reports and all these different things." It's been a few years since I've done that, but it, you start going like, "Whoa, I, there's a lot of things I didn't know I didn't know." And it's just kind of starts to add up. And once you start saying, Yes, we're buying a house, you can't say like, nah, we don't want to do the buyer's fees. <laughs> it's like, we don't want to pay the realtor that much. Like you're you're committed to it. It's just kind of what it is. And it becomes a really big learning experience. So um, while you can certainly Google the entire internet of weddings, most people don't really have a ton of time to fully digest that and pair that with the fact that there's a lot of really um misguided and, and bad information out on the internet as far as what things cost. Mm-hmm. So it it's, it's almost, it's really almost cruel the way um, couples are kind of thrown into planning a wedding because we sit here and we give advice like, Hey, decide what you want to spend first and then figure out the thing. But everybody's going, well, like I have no idea what's a reasonable number to even consider for, you know, X category or whatever yeah. it is. And that's where I think working with, uh, I wow, I landed here and I didn't mean to do that, but <laughs> I feel strongly about it is like working with like getting a planner or a coordinator on board as early on in the process as possible helps alleviate some of those thoughts and concerns of being like, I just, we just don't know what we don't know. Like they yep. kind of will ideally take your hand and guide you a little bit more and give you like the, the inside scoop of this is probably realistically what you're looking at for that thing Mm. and do it in a way that hopefully is not shamey and isn't like, "Mm, how dare you not know what this thing costs, right? Like that's not the way to do it. But just being like, hey, this is kind of the reality of what that thing is. Now, sometimes you can achieve the same result by going a different route and not necessarily spending that, which you see on Pinterest, but it's, you know, it's tough. That's where it's it's that's why it's really stressful to plan a wedding, quite frankly. <laughs>
0: yeah. The one I love your analogy about like buying a house. And the one thing I would say though, at least though, is that with a wedding, you at least get to choose certain things that like like are options to you that might not be important to you. Right. And and you know, as somebody who like I have a love for, you know. Uh, All things that are like experience-driven. So we spent extra, as you know, you know, on getting uplighting and and confetti cannons and all that confetti cannons. (laughs) Confetti cannons, yeah. But other things that aren't important to either of us are like you know a lot of decor and flowers and things like that, which. You know, I have some couples who are like absolutely. I'm spending twenty thousand dollars on flowers. My Mm -hmm. grandmother was a florist. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is, and everybody has to look at themselves. So I feel like maybe maybe there's a greater conversation here about like going back to like the mission statement idea and that kind of stuff. But but like that's definitely a huge thing. Like we we basically got a bouquet of roses, put them in the center of the table underneath a glass dome, and like that was our centerpiece. Right? Like I didn't have boutonnieres. Uh, My wife, you know, we had. Uh, corsages for the moms, I think. And and we had you know bouquets and that kind of stuff. But that was just us. And and that was an area that we saved money to be able mm-hmm. to put it in other places. So, you know, um, like I'm thinking about, oh, Lauren and Sean's wedding. That was so oh. beautiful, right? Perfect example of taking a big wedding that was like, oh, we want this big ballroom wedding. Saying, no, actually we don't want that. But we're going to spend still a, almost that same amount on like an experience for... 20 people or 30 people. Mm-hmm. 28 people they had. 28 people. And having this absolutely stunning decor because she's a designer. And she wanted to design this space and the geodes and like all that kind of stuff. Right. So maybe there's a conversation in there about like your like priorities and like defining those as part of the budget.
1: Yes, exactly. Once you start saying, hey, we're going to be planning this wedding and we're going to be hosting this event for all of our favorite people. Having that conversation of what do we want that event to look like? What are the things that matter to us? What are our priorities is a really good starting point. Because if you know that what you want to do involves being on a beach somewhere, well, that determines, that knocks out a whole lot (laughs) a lot of places and potentially determines how many people you can even invite to such a thing. Because sometimes destination weddings just can't host the hundreds and hundreds of people that you can if you're doing something more locally. So as you're sitting down to plan this event, there's there's obviously many conversations that are happening at once. That first conversation is often really a biggie. Um, sometimes it's your time to like really dream big. But then once numbers come into play, you have to say like, okay, let's reel it in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think investing in the areas that matter to you as a couple while taking your client's overall exp- or your guests rather overall experience in mind is your uh, one of your best starting points.
0: Going back to what you said before about these like unexpected uh, costs or things like that, I'm thinking about all the stuff that happened like right before the wedding that <laughs> just like caught us, caught us off guard, like extra hotel rooms for people that we had to pay for and, um, and tips and like all that kind of stuff that just adds like 15% to our budget. Right. Like it was an, in it was a lot that we, we just weren't expecting.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can the best laid plans, right? it's It's one of those things where once you get to that end point and you've already spent x amount of dollars with however many zeros come after that, you start going, "Hey, what's another two hundred bucks? Hey, what's another five hundred bucks? Hey, sixty bucks? Oh, that's nothing, right? Like, you start making all of these decisions from a little bit different headspace because you, you, sometimes you get to a point where you feel like you're just bleeding money. So I think when you start having a sort of uh, contingency, uh, in your budget for like miscellaneous, that when you get to the end, you can say, Hey, well, we have this amount that we're working with here. We'll just start chipping away at that as we need to. And that way we're not overextending or overspending from what we initially thought. And I think as you're kind of going into it, it's easy to forget about those last minute things. Um, Again, because you haven't really gone down this road before, probably this is all new territory for you. So you don't know what to expect. It's like when you're... I keep going back to the house stuff, but to me, it's like the most easy comparison yeah. is you bought a house and, you know, the house is in your budget and it's it's great, but it's not super perfect. And maybe you need to replace the shower, right? Or maybe you need to do some different tile work or that <laughs> needs a new toilet. Those things are great until you realize you're making 75 trips back to Home Depot for like the screws you need or that tool you need. Or if you're Mike, the tool that will make it faster th- than the tool he has <laughs> to do the thing he needs to do. Need like all beautiful. those... Right, exactly. It just all kind of starts to add up towards at the end because you're like, well, we're, we're in it this far. We just need to get it done at this point. We need the hammer that hammers the special way and the nails that do the special thing when you hammer them in order to get it done. <laughs> the lies I've been told, Dan. The
0: <laughs> lies I've been told. All right. But how, I don't know, is it just a matter of information and like knowing to expect these extra expenses? Like, how do you make sure that you're staying on budget and you don't, like, blow, you know, your whole entire budget on this, like, major first thing that's uh, impacting you? Is it just about education and educating yourself and getting a planner and blah, blah, blah?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's the saying that, like, what's what gets measured gets managed, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you um, just start throwing numbers at the wall and seeing what sticks. Once you actually add those things up, what you think they're going to add up to is never the same as what they actually add up to. It's always way more. Um, it's like when you go to target, right? You go in for mascara and suddenly you're spending like $200 and there's a swimming suit involved and you don't know how it (laughs) happened. It just happened. Okay. Um, so as you're kind of starting off, I think breaking it down in saying, how much are we spending? I'm a big fan of a spreadsheet. Y'all know I love a spreadsheet. Oh, I actually have a spreadsheet. I We have a, a wedding guest, or I'm um, sorry, a wedding budget spreadsheet in the shop um, mm. that I helped create with my friend Berlin, who's been on this podcast before. But mm. we, I think it's, easier to kind of start and start playing with numbers and saying, okay, what is all this going to come down to? Overall, I think it's safe to say that the biggest chunk of your budget is usually dedicated towards your venue catering and, and that chunk of the piece. Sometimes sure. those are one things in the same. Other times they're two separate pieces or more, but kind of creating the space and the, um, the, the main uh, meal for that event is what's going to probably cost the most, especially when you're looking at really um, like anything more than like 25 people, right? Like that's when you, that's when it's really the, every person you add to the, to the guest list becomes a major factor that you're adding, 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 adding to the budget.
0: Hmm. This is what I meant before when like yes, I definitely see that side of it, right? Like the hall, the venue, or whatever, and the the yeah. drinks and the food and all that. I definitely keep coming back to this, like I mean, you said it before too, but like a, a huge part of the budget is like these unexpected things that people just don't know to expect. And you've said it, mm-hmm. you know, with the house reference a bunch of times. Um you know, what did you say before about like expecting a miscellaneous or, or something like that, like adding that into your budget? Like, do you just Mm -hmm. say, okay, we know the venue is going to be this, we have a lot this much for the photographer, and then we're going to take another 10% for miscellaneous, right? Like I feel like that is a huge impact on, on the budget, right? Like I said, I think we end up spending like another 15% of our budget just in like those last like couple of weeks because we were like you know effort it, swipe it effort it, swipe it you know we're just like <laughs> doing all these things like the the favors for people and the the gifts for our you know my groomsmen and the parents and the blah blah blah, blah. and like 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 yes I feel like everybody knows about like those big things but then there's also these like stupid little things <laughs> that like you just like it's like oh I have to like I have to get that too I have to do this thing I have to get the cake cutting set I've got to get you know bleh, like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i think
1: i think it's easy to get into a headspace of uh suddenly we need to get all of these things like there's a little bit of this oh, uh, shoot, we're only doing this once. Uh, the thing we yeah. said wasn't important to us at the beginning. Uh, okay, fine, we'll just do it anyway because I guess, I don't know, everybody keeps asking us about it, so I guess we're, we'll just kind of do that thing. Um, I think that's where kind of having the mission statement to go back to where your North Star to fall mm. back on to say like, okay, but was this important to us in the beginning? Why are we not? And why? what shifted now? Is it because we've learned a little bit more about it and now we can say, oh, we didn't know mm. that about this thing and actually it aligns in a way that we didn't realize initially or are we just panicking or seeing something on Pinterest or on Instagram and being like, Oh no, if we don't do that thing, will our guests hate us? Like if we don't have a guest (laughs) book, what if guests are really like, Oh, if you didn't want a guest book at the beginning and you're now panicking and thinking you need a guest book now, chances are it's just a fleeting moment and it'll it'll pass and you're probably not going to think about it again after that wedding has happened. <laughs> I don't know. That might be an unpopular opinion, but I just think a lot of things get added on at the, the final hour. And I mean, I'm guilty of it too. It's like when you're packing for a trip, right? Suddenly the things, at least I do this, The <laughs> yeah. thi- like you're suddenly like, maybe I will be a person who curls my hair every day of the trip, so I need this curling <laughs> iron even though I haven't curled my hair in years. Or like, I don't know. You start making all these decisions out of panic mode and what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if and, you know, sometimes that's great and sometimes it's not so great. But I think it's an easy spot to kind of really suddenly really go over and blow the budget out of the waters when you start making those decisions. So either know thyself and have a contingency in the budget to say, okay, X percent, we are not touching unless we absolutely need it when we get to that final thing and then fine, it's there in the reserves for us to use or you get, you know, really hard on yourself and say like, "Mm," you really challenge that thinking and say all those things. And I still go back to the idea that what gets measured gets managed. If you really want to stick to a budget and that's really something that's important to you, I promise just write down every little thing that you spend, Mm -hmm. keep track of all those things, whether it's on a a napkin or in a spreadsheet, whatever, however, whatever your style is. Oh, the napkin makes me sweat, but either way, (laughs) whatever it is, (laughs) keep track of all those little things. And I think if you're Anything like me, and I think a lot of other people. Once you start seeing those numbers, it's a lot easier to make decisions versus when the number just kind of you have like a guesstimate in your head yeah. as far as what that number is.
0: Yeah, this weddings require so much self awareness, like to plan mm. one and and like knowing, like I'm very much prone to, oh, I need this thing. Yeah, I don't know. There's an like an impulse by factor times ten. Right, happens with weddings, and I feel like being able to give yourself space, or maybe it's like, you know, since you're listening to this podcast and we're saying, Hey, there's going to be things that are going to pop up that you're going to, that's like the shiny new object thing, Mm -hmm. you know, just being aware of that and saying, okay, if there's like something that I really, really want and I'm ready to buy it, just like table it for three days, or you write it on a piece of paper and put it in the wedding to buy jar. And then you you like look at it in three days and it's like, oh, I still really want this thing. Then you can come right. back and buy it. Um, right. But there are, there's no shortage of blogs and uh, websites and whatever that says like you need to buy this thing, you, that your wedding is going to be made because of this thing. And we're just here to bring awareness to, <laughs> <laughs> to the overspending budget people. Uh, that's me. Or you Yeah. Well,
1: that's like in in every category of life. I'm certainly guilty of buying a thing. And then like a week later being like, I really didn't need that thing as much as I thought I did in that moment of, you just wanted that like rush of adding it to the cart and buying the thing and having it arrive. And I, I get it. And I think, like you said, it's only amplified because when you look at a wedding, for many couples, this is like one and done, right? We're, we're, yep. we're, we're, we're putting it all in, we're, and putting all of us into this one celebration. And I think there's a ton of fear around doing it quote unquote wrong or not good enough. And those are oh, things yeah. that are like so deep rooted in all of us that that would be a whole other conversation and episode in of itself. But maybe having people in your corner that Care for you and love you, and can challenge you in a healthy way to say, "Hey, that does sound like fun, but maybe we sh- maybe we should think about that." I think that helps overall. And I guess now we're going down a bit of a rabbit hole and like okay. talking about these like final things. But yeah, I, that's that's my thoughts on it. I think eh, know thyself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, so so much of this, like, if we're not talking about like, okay, this is the day you have to do this, like we're talking about these like very finite things. Yeah, if some of this is like very thoughtful and things you have to really think about like what's important to you and it's it's not concrete is what i'm trying to say and i feel like yeah. you know it, it is like you're saying like oh it's just money you know, you use this stuff but so much of money is like is an emotional side of it and you know we could keep going round and round in this but the point i'm trying to make because I, I feel like you know this is this is such a i'm a highly emotional person and whenever you think about um money or whatever for me it's uh, more of an emotional thing than just like here's my dollars and all that figures and stuff mm-hmm. um but i guess the the thing that i wanted to get out of this episode or try to draw out was like yes it's very easy to see some of like the big things the um you know how much the venue is going to be but the scary part for me is like when when things can get out of control. Um, because of what you said before about, it's supposed to be this perfect day and mm-hmm. there's just one chance and all that stuff. And it's really easy to just spend on these unexpected things and for things to get out of control and all of a sudden say, this is not where I wanted to be. This is not the wedding I wanted to have. And I feel like that's the, that's the conversation about like, these are the things that have this huge impact on weddings is the big things, but also these like small expenses that come out of nowhere that just you know you don't want to regret and then all of a sudden you snowball into like this negative thought process and that's the last thing you wanted to happen
1: right yeah weddings are stressful enough um we don't need the negative self-talk adding <laughs> adding to any of this around around any of that so
0: yes hell yeah um, all right Dee, do you want to take us out
1: yes i do all right put a ring on a podcast is co-hosted by wedding planner daniel pasternak and photographer daniel Moyer, both of us based out of the greater philadelphia area the show is produced by DPNAC events along with daniel Moyer photography
0: Find us on Instagram at Put A Ring On A Podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Finally, thank you so much for all of your messages, love, and support. We are and have always been cheering for you every step of the way.
0: Until next time, ringers.